Hello. You are listening to the Carol Connection. With your host, Jared Carol. Hey everybody, welcome to the Carol Connection. I am your host, Jared Carroll. Here to bring you guys another great episode. I did want to take a chance to shout out my last episode, episode 150 with Paul Kofi. And on that episode, we talked about his introduction basically into fitness, being a personal trainer, getting into bodybuilding, getting into powerlifting, creating his YouTube channel, and kind of like why he created it and like the content about pretty much the main focus he's kind of like stuck with is documentaries about bodybuilders. It's a great YouTube channel. He takes like about a month or so to like kind of create his content and he really does like a really great job with that stuff. And I tagged him on the YouTube video. So if you guys watch on YouTube, then you can click him and go see his YouTube channel. It's got like over 20K subscribers. So it's great stuff, great stuff. Um, but if you want to listen to that podcast, you can go to the carolconnection.simplecast.com. Also, we have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. If you want to watch your podcast or watch the podcast, go to YouTube, search The Carol Connection or Jared M. Carol, and it should pop up right for you. And if you want to be a guest or return as a guest, go on Instagram at Jared M. Carol or at The Carol Connection, shoot me a DM. Please be patient with me. Um, booking like way out into like the rest of the year, trying to get that like kind of lined up between the fall. I like to do a lot of hiking and just like obviously the holiday season that will be fast approaching. So just give me time and we'll, we'll also work with everyone's schedule on that. So that'd be great. So kind of bringing into today's episode, episode 151 with my buddy, Noah. Hey, what's up, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, pronounce your last name for us. Burnt. Burnt. Yep. So Noah Burnt. So you guys can see that. Um, I've kind of stayed away from saying people's last names because like I've been fucking it up over the, the course of like the four years of doing this. So I try not to do it. And I also just forgot to ask, to be honest, how to pronounce it beforehand. But, um, before we start the podcast, I'd like to say, like, ask you at least uh, who you are and kind of what you're doing currently, just like a short little thing so the, the people can get a feel for you. Yeah, definitely. So I'm from uh, Massachusetts. I'm born in New Bedford, Massachusetts. I lived the last 10 years, uh, more or less, in Somerset. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a Spanish teacher now at a middle school. Uh, I really enjoy what I do. A little challenging sometimes, but it's, uh, it's a cool experience for sure. And uh, yeah, I've been traveling a bunch, went to Columbia recently, and uh, I also enjoy making content on YouTube. I've been trying to have my channel grow. We're at 95 subscribers, so I mean, feel free to subscribe. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's just, uh, yeah, just trying to have fun with life and just, you know, live it up as best as I can. Perfect. And we're going to get into all those parts of the podcast. And mm-hmm. also, you've probably been ingrained to do this. You don't have to look at the cameras either. Like, I don't No offense to you guys, but this isn't... Uh, one of those podcasts where you don't, you yeah, don't have yeah. to do that. Like, so just like, just so you know, um, cause I don't really mm. give a shit to be honest. It's more like we're having the conversation, but that was obviously talking to them. So just so you guys are aware. So in case you wonder why he doesn't look at you anymore, I told him to. Um, so to start the podcast, I always talk about family dynamic basically. Mm-hmm. And for any new listeners, I like to kind of explain why I do that. And I always use, the, I always use this analogy. Like if you're building a house from the ground up, you're starting with the foundation. You want a good foundation. And what does that correlate to in our own life or family? Mm-hmm. So kind of building upon that will build out your whole life story, basically. And obviously, we'll capture that in an hour as best as we can, but we'll we'll work with that. Um, so like I always say to everyone, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, I'll let you take the floor with that. All right, cool. So 
Yeah, I'm 25 now, so going back, way back, like 20 years ago. Um, so my family, my, my father and my mother, uh, they're together until I was five. I had three adopted siblings, so it was a very interesting household growing up. I was the only biological child, but viewed my, my siblings uh, that were adopted as just my siblings, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting dynamic for sure. Like I said, my parents got divorced when I was five. It's a very long story, but uh, I didn't see my dad for a little bit, and my mom really raised me by herself. And uh, she did a pretty good job, I got to say. Like, I love my mom. She always wanted to help me out. She always wanted to give me the resources that I needed to, you know, have a good life. And I moved a few times when I was uh, seven. I lived in Asona in Freetown. Then I moved to uh, Fall River when I was seven. And then I moved to Somerset when I was like 13, I believe, 13 or 14. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my my life story, my family dynamic growing up. Um, and, and I think, like, you know, not really seeing my dad for some time, it was, it was definitely tough, but I think, um, you know, having the support that my, my mom gave me was definitely huge for me, um, as a child. And, uh, and now me and my dad have, uh, we've ha- had a very good relationship nowadays. So, um, you know, it's awesome to kind of see that go together. My dad was originally born, uh, in Germany and then he moved here when he was 20 years old, more or less. So I have family in Germany and, uh, I, you know, when I was around 13, 14, I got curious, I kind of reached out to them, and we started just, you know, writing, and I eventually went to Germany three, four times, and I'm planning on actually going back in a few months, so I have family there, Uh, I don't really have that much family around the area, like, my mom's side is from Michigan, like I said, my dad's side is from Germany, so it's kind of, like, an interesting dynamic to be in a state that's, like, not really close to, you know, either of those two, Um, but definitely had a lot of really good, uh, a lot of good friends I still have this day, and they've definitely helped me as well, so, I think, um, you know, I was very lucky, though, to have a mom that definitely supported me a lot growing up. Yeah, that sounds really great in that you were able to <clears throat> kind of reconnect with your dad and mm-hmm. re- reestablish that relationship going forward. Because obviously things happen and like you're at a young age where maybe you, you didn't have the chance to understand, obviously, mm-hmm. everything that was happening. And relationships are dynamic. Things are tough. So like to be able to kind of rely on your mom to kind of raise you and support you through those mm-hmm. early crucial years to kind of allow you to become the person you are today. Props to her for creating an environment that was conducive to someone that can succeed in life. Cause obviously um, the, statistics, the statistics, Jesus Christ can't speak. The statistics aren't always in the favor of single parent households. So mm-hmm. um, definitely kudos to her for being able to kind of hold down the fort and do what she needed to do to put you guys in the right positions. And I'm actually going to uh, Germany in a few weeks um, on like a huge trip with my family, uh, middle of like September and stuff. So that's going to, we're going for Oktoberfest. So oh, it's dude, like, that's awesome. I'm yeah. jealous. I've always wanted to go there. I've gone, like I said, I've been there four times, never been in October, but hopefully one of these years I'll be able to go. Yeah. I always, I was like curious to why they, uh, it's like Oktoberfest in Munich. Am I, saying, I don't think I'm saying that Munich. right. Munich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, uh, like mid to end September. So I don't know why it was called Oktoberfest. I don't know the history on it completely. And that's probably something I should catch up to speed before I'm out there. But we're hiring like a tour guide and stuff like that to take us around the surrounding cities and stuff. Like we did uh, Ireland last year. I'm actually Irish. So like went to Ireland and we got, we were there for like 10 days. We got like a van and just like drove to different like towns and cities and like saw a bunch of different stuff. And I'm really excited. Hopefully I got sick. I got COVID last time in Ireland. So hopefully I don't get sick in Germany this time around. So I'm excited for it. But I think it's really explains the last name, to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah very, definitely. very German. So, but that's like really cool. And, um, with your, with your siblings, um, 
are they adopted? Were they from the United States or were they adopted outside of the United States? Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all from the United States. It's actually kind of interesting because they're all uh, they're all blood siblings. Okay, siblings okay, by yeah. blood. So then my my parents just adopted the three of them together. So where are you the oldest then? No, I'm the youngest actually. So oh, so had you I, after yeah, the so fact? So I I wasn't really expected. I kind of just showed up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just showed up to the party uninvited, basically. Yeah, my uh, my parents they were like about forty when they had me, so a little later on in life. And then my uh, yeah, my siblings were all eight, nine, and ten years older than me. So how was that uh, relationship? When did they explain to you early on that you guys weren't like blood related, or was that something that just like happened to like you learned eventually? Yeah, I don't really remember like learning about it. I kind of just always thought, oh, you know, they're my they're my siblings, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and I chill with them. I see them around the house, and they're all like really nice to me when I was a kid, and like I didn't have any difficulties with them or anything. And being like the age gap, I think definitely helped. Being like eight, nine, and ten years, you know, younger than them, um, I think that definitely you know helped that dynamic. But yeah, you guys have a close relationship to this day, or uh, I wouldn't say like that close, but yeah, we still stay in contact, all of us. Yes, I mean, as you get older, life mm-hmm. takes into to effect. So obviously, I can understand that as well. Um, Moving along with with the conversation as you go through a childhood and stuff, mm-hmm. what kind of like whether sports, hobbies, different things that you did that allowed you to kind of like integrate with other children and like create friendships and stuff like that? Yeah, I I really liked sports when I was a kid. Like I collected you know sports cards and did stuff like that. So I man, I love sports. You know, I played basketball. Uh, I played baseball. Never played football. I played it, you know, a recess with like some of my friends, but never actually played it in an organized environment. Um, so definitely sports really kept me like intact with people. And I think just, you know, being in a school, being surrounded by other people every day, you kind of just had to like talk to people and, you know, see what would happen. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really do that many hobbies when I was a kid, to be honest, besides sports. So it was kind of hard actually like finding out like what I want to do long term and um, you know, making friends. I think like it, it was kind of hard at times. I didn't really know, you know, how to kind of approach people. I think like the uh, a friend group that I have today that I'm still like very much in touch with is um, my friend group from high school. And it's kind of funny because it's like I wasn't really, you know, looking out for them. I wasn't really like trying to find them or anything. It kind of just happened. I think we had like a few science classes together or something. And we just kind of, you know, hit it off. So I think like um, the lack of kind of like having a organized skill or organized activity that I would really participate in when I was younger kind of left me on the outsides a little bit. Um, and I kind of had to like find myself through my early twenties up until now and, uh, my late teens to kind of see like what I actually wanted to do and what, where my interests lie. Yeah. I think the thing with sports too, like whether it's just like pure interest or like being able to play different ones is like. I think uh, flashing back to one of my episodes with my friend Ankit was like, he said, uh, sports are the ultimate uniter. Like, it's just one of those things that you could rally behind and like, just kind of immerse yourself into the entertainment itself. Because obviously within the entertainment, there's tons of like lessons and like, uh, morals that you could take away from it, from your favorite players to your team, like. I think I remember you said you're a Detroit Lions fan, correct? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, this year it might be a good thing, but in past years it was definitely the opposite of a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I mean, you got Ninja on your side, uh, famous yeah. uh, gaming streamer. Who, I, that's not like how I get uh, like the whole Lions news because I love mm-hmm. watching him and like he's always him and his brother always talking about the the Lions and like them signing this player or whatever. Mm-hmm. And how you feeling about uh, opening day? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good, honestly. Lions, well, they're facing the Chiefs, so I don't know, like, when this is coming out and everything, but I got to say, like, I mean, the Chiefs are a really good team just coming off a of Super Bowl, so not feeling too confident off of that, but... You know, I think this season will will be all right finally for the first time in a long time. So yeah, I think I, with um, uh, Aaron Rodgers gone, yeah, like, yeah, you guys got a really good chance. Yeah, definitely knocked him out of the division, beat him twice last year actually. So you know, finished nine and eight. I think that's the first time they finished with more wins than losses since like I don't know seven eight years. So it's been yeah. I think also like being a Detroit fan kind of molded my character because I'm like, all right, if we if we do anything better than losing by like 20 i'll be happy with the result so it kind of just made me like okay like in life you're gonna have losses you kind of just have to deal with it and it really like built my character you know <laughs> shout out to the detroit lions for yeah helping definitely. build characters <laughs> yeah no for sure i bet you were devastated when uh calvin johnson retired after those injuries and he yeah. was still so young too like i know man like that that's uh kind of reminiscent of barry sanders just retiring yeah. at 28 29 same thing with calvin johnson he retired in his prime but i had a calvin johnson jersey i fucking loved that dude like he was megatron mm-hmm. man like there was no one like i'd never seen someone that size play that good and that physical obviously it hurt him in the end in like the mm-hmm. long run especially the fact that they didn't put a fucking team around him for so long and then finally had matt stafford for a little bit and just kind of Never could go anywhere, which is unfortunate that the team just couldn't get over the hump. Did you did you feel some type of way when Stafford finally won a Super Bowl with the Rams, or were you kind of happy no, for him? No, I was happy for him because realistically, like if he did come back to the Lions last year, uh, like they probably – or two years ago, that is, I think like the Lions probably would have finished like – seven and nine like eight and eight and like it wouldn't have been a development and they would have had to trade him for less than what they got him for so or what they gave away um so i think it would have been a little bit uh i don't know i don't think it would have been a good result if they kept him another few years and he just would have been upset that he never got a chance to win a super bowl you know yeah that's true i mean definitely got jared goff who's decent he's definitely playing good i mean he got the rams to a super bowl whether people want to say it or not he mm. helped orchestrate that team and he's been playing good for the lions but sorry for the sports fans for you guys listening i just had to talk a little bit and get my itch scratched a little bit on that um kind of a little bit transitioning off of like the the childhood and stuff like mm. that you're looking at because you said you kind of got uh more of your life together in your 20s and stuff like that mm. you're going towards senior year of high school getting ready to graduate, you're looking at the landscape and everyone's favorite question, are you going to go to college or not? Mm -hmm. What do you do? So I did end up going to college. I actually did not want to go to college at all originally. Like my mom uh, kind of forced me to go, which I mean, it ended up actually working out for what I'm doing today pretty well. Um, But it wasn't so much like forcing, like you're going to take full-time courses, you're going to take 18 credits, six classes, like it's going to be really hard. No, it was like, Mom, I really don't want to do this, but if you want me to do this and you're saying that, you know, this is probably the best way, then I'll go half and half with you. Like, I'll work 30 hours, but I also want to only take, like, seven credits to start off, which is, like, two classes and then, like, a class that you only meet, like, once every other week for, like, 40 minutes or something. So um, that's kind of what my mindset was going in is that I'm just going to do this to kind of, like, just satisfy the – um, you know, kind of what my mom was trying to tell me to do and just because I was still living under her roof and I didn't want to like, you know, go against her with that because she was helping me out a lot. And, you know, she helped me out for the first 18 years of my life big time. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll trust you. I'll, I'll go. Um, and it ended up working out pretty well for me. Like I alluded to earlier, I think like, uh, it was definitely tough. I had a lot of challenging moments in college. Um, BCC is where I went the first two and a half years. I was able to get my degree, my associate's degree that is. 
And from there, uh, I knew I wanted to do something. I actually thought originally I wanted to be a teacher. So I ended up going to Bridgewater State with the purpose of becoming a teacher. And after the first semester, I kind of thought, you know, something like what I wanted to teach at that point was history. And I was thinking, you know, I I could go there and um, I could potentially try to do this and try to become a teacher. But at that point, COVID still hadn't hit. There was a huge amount of teachers or potential teachers coming into the workforce. There weren't that many that were retiring or planning on retiring. So I had to do actually at Bridgewater, uh, my first semester there, I had to do a class uh, which was like an intro teaching thing. And they had me do 20 observation hours. So I had to go to I actually went to Raina Middle School. I went there and I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice environment, great school and everything. But, you know, I had some teachers tell me in a very nice way, not like anything rude or anything, but just looking out for my best interest, tell me if you really want to be a teacher, try becoming certified in something besides history, like go for that history certification, but do something else. Because right now there's not that there's not that many available jobs in the history field being a teacher right now. And I'm like, all right, you know, and that that kind of discouraged me a lot. And I think like just hearing that it really did mold my next few years because um, after that, and after that semester, I decided to go in another direction because I was thinking, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna find a job in history. Like, why will somebody hire me over somebody else that maybe is more knowledgeable in the field or has more experience? So then I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do? So I knew in business, there was a lot of jobs available, you know, as long as you have a degree in business, whether it's management, marketing, uh, accounting, basically anything like you can kind of transition into other facets of business. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. You know, I was thinking, okay, uh, I don't love the thought of being in business. I don't love the thought of being in a, a confined nine to five job where I don't have that much liberty, but I need to make money at some point in my life. So that's what I'm going to have to do. So um, through college, I was actually working at Chipotle and uh, it was really nice because they had a thing where if you worked, I think it was, it was really low requirement. It was like 15 hours a week. Uh, and you stayed there for more than six months. And then, um, they would give you money for tuition reimbursement, which actually ended up being a lot. It was like 10 K a year or something like that. Maybe it's down to five K now. I can't really remember, but I was able to basically pave my way through college with that money. And that helped big time. So stayed at Chipotle during my college career. Um, and then, so I, I was in the business field and then I ended up graduating with a business degree, but I didn't really, I didn't really love it for sure. I had an internship and it was a great place where I worked on that internship, had no complaints, but actually at that point of time, I was trying to learn Spanish, which I told you off the pod. Um, you know, I do know Spanish now and it took a lot of years. Uh, and I really started, like I said, you know, growing up, I didn't really know where I fit in. Like I wasn't that athletic. Um, and I did play sports. I did enjoy growing up, but like in high school, I didn't really play sports that much. I played my freshman year. And then after that, I stopped playing. So I didn't really know where I fit in the whole thing about life, you know, so I'm trying to figure that out. And I'm like, you know, something I do, I am really interested by travel. I'm interested in culture. I think maybe that was something that was just ingrained in me uh, with my dad being, you know, international, like he was born outside the United States. So I think like that kind of inspired me to want to travel and see things. So I started um, going places. I went to Germany like three or four times. Uh, and I loved it. You know, I loved the environment there. I love seeing my family there. I love being able to, you know, just take a plane and go places. And, and I think that thought of being able to travel and like just the combination of that and being able to know, like, if I know another language, there'll be a lot more opportunities for travel and even locally, it'll give me more advantages. So I really started to kind of hound in 
on learning Spanish. And uh, it took a long time. I started actually watching. Uh, I watched Full House uh, in Spanish, uh, dubbed over, and that was the first show that I really watched in Spanish. Not the typical one that people probably watch when they're trying to learn a new language or whatever. But that was just something I wanted to do for fun, so it didn't feel like work. And uh, I did that for about uh, a year. I watched something in Spanish every day for at least thirty minutes a day, more than. Uh, more than the majority of the times, probably like an hour or an hour and a half that I would do that. And then I would study some of the grammar and try to learn words and stuff like that. And uh, I started learning um, through an app called Hello Talk, which is actually kind of funny because um, it gave me the opportunity to uh, meet people, talk to people from different cultures, which was really interesting for me. They would be learning English, I'd be learning Spanish, and I would learn more about their culture. They'd learn more about the United States. And uh, I actually ended up, um, the first day I used that app, it's a crazy story, I ended up actually meeting my wife, uh, which is still, it's still just crazy thinking about how all this happened over the last few years. And, um, but uh, we'll get into that in a second, we'll go more into that. But in terms of like a job and college and all that, going back to your original question, for me, um, so yeah, I, I did uh, end up graduating with a business degree, but because there's such a lack of teachers now in Massachusetts and the combination of my passion with you know learning Spanish, and I want to be able to help people learn Spanish because there's a lot of opportunities and travel and business and whatever you want to do with uh, learning other languages. So I want to help people with that. So I thought, okay, um, you know, I want to be a Spanish teacher. Uh, so my first opportunity with teaching was doing substitute work. Um, I worked at my old high school and I, I loved it. Like every single second I was there, I enjoyed it. I mean, I had some bad days, but in every job, you know, you have bad days, but if you have more good days than bad days and the good days definitely outweigh the bad, then I think that's an indicator of your, where you're supposed to be in life, you know? So, um, definitely after, after being there a few months, I told myself I need to get a full-time job teaching Spanish somewhere for the next school year. And, uh, that's kind of what happened. That's where I'm at now. So, yeah, it sounds like it's going really well for you. And I'm glad that you were able to kind of, I know it probably sucked at the time to kind of go through that little bit of turmoil mm -hmm. in trying to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Like, I mean, that's not an easy thing. I think mm -hmm. all of us are always going to still try to be wondering like, am I doing the right thing? Am I supposed to be here? Am I in the right place doing the right thing? And being able to kind of like come to that realization of maybe if I start learning this language mm -hmm. that I could provide opportunities, not only for myself, but for other people to experience something that they might like and teach. And I think one of the best like things to do in life is to teach someone something mm -hmm. like, the lessons that I've gotten from like, even just like going back to sports, football coaches and stuff like that, or baseball coaches, like they're in the teacher position or even just like, uh, I remember I had this one teacher in college who literally I had a one, I'd do accounting in like finance basically. And he was one of like my early professors and my mentor at the time or advisor basically was barely an advisor, just would sign papers if you need it, like just non-existent. And he took it upon himself, that professor that I had, to switch, to make me like, well, to make himself advisor for me mm -hmm. and helped me get the credits I needed to graduate and put me in the right direction and ultimately helped me, guide me towards internships, got the internship and obviously led me down the path that I went to, but taught me a lot of like 
like life lessons about just like having the importance of someone that you could look up to and trust and having that mentor and guide you into that place. So being in a position to, to teach, I think you're going to impact a lot of people, especially at, at that youth level. And it obviously led to something really great. And I, I kind of want you to go into kind of just like the app and using the app and then obviously meeting your wife and how that's kind of built upon itself. Yeah. So it's actually a really crazy story. Just the, when I look back to how everything happened, it's like a universe, God, whatever you believe in, it's like this was literally like it had to be some kind of divine thing that happened because I remember. So I got home from Chipotle, actually, one one day it was like 4 p.m. I was super tired um, and I ended up going to sleep like early that night. Uh, I woke up, it was probably like 11.30 p.m. or something, and I'm like, okay, well, it's still kind of early, and I don't really know what else to do. I don't really want to sleep right now, so I'm just going to go on YouTube. So I ended up going on YouTube, um, and I, like, keep in mind, I was already asleep up until this point, so the fact I woke up is immaculate just based on everything that happened. And uh, I, I basically, you know, I went down a rabbit hole of just how to learn languages quicker and everything, and there was one guy who uh, he was talking about this app called Hello Talk, um, and it was like at the end of his video. It was like at the very end. It was like a 15-minute video, and it was like the last two minutes he was talking about it. And I'm like, wow, that actually sounds really interesting. It's free, and I'm like, man, I I, I need a I need the experience speaking to people because I felt like I was starting to be able to develop um, ears where I could hear the language and understand it, but like I couldn't really speak it that well still. So I'm like, all right, this could really really help my Spanish. So I go on the app and there's, it's kind of like a Facebook almost for like language learners. So there's, um, there's like, you can post things, people can comment on it. And I think I just posted something like really general. Cause I'm like, I don't know if anybody's going to want to talk to me or whatever, but, um, I just posted something like, Oh, you know, these are the TV shows I like, I like this movie, you know, what kind of TV shows do you like? Or some stupid thing like that. Um, and then you know, a few people ended up commenting on it, a few people messaged me, and I just started having, you know, random conversations with people in Spanish or in English, you know, them trying to learn the English language better. So uh, then the first day, one of the first people I talked to was actually going to be my future wife, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, we just, um, we hit it off, talked for probably like an hour that night, just like random stuff about life, you know, trying to get to know her and, you know, just practice the language. I wasn't thinking about a relationship or anything at that time. Um, and that, and that actually goes against literally every community guideline there is for that application, but you know, is what it is. Uh, sometimes the, the end justifies the means, right? So, um, so then after, I don't know, maybe a month of like just writing messages to her, like literally every day, you know, and she would respond and like, um, we just really were hitting it off and, uh, we started to do video calls and we did video calls like every day for hours and hours and hours a day, probably like three, four hours a day. Um, and we started to really get to know each other, like on a really personal level. Um, and then I don't really remember how it switched over to being flirty. I think she might've said something, maybe I said something, I don't really remember, but, um, then we just started kind of, you know, getting uh, a little more like flirty and whatnot. And then, um, she, after a while, you know, we, uh, start a relationship we kind of agreed to it and this was back in like when was this i don't want to get this wrong this was january of 2021 i believe when we officially started the relationship so um she invited me to go out to columbia but because i had the tuition reimbursement money that i had to really get to you know be at uh, finished college and everything, I had to stay at Chipotle for another like six months or something. So I would not have the time to be able to go there and then go back. So 
I talked to her about possibly going in like June or July and she was like, yeah, that would be great actually. So she never really knew that I was going to be like crazy enough to actually like book the flight and everything. Um, and I think she kind of thought this was going to be something where it wasn't going to last that long and it was just going to be like a fun little thing and then we were going to move on with our lives. But I told her, no, like I'm down with this. Like I'm going to go there. Uh, I'll go there for three weeks, see how it is and everything. So I ended up going in July of 2021. I ended up visiting Columbia for the first time. I was there for three weeks. I loved it. I uh, loved everything about it. The environment was incredible. I uh, had a great time with her. And, um, it, yeah, it's just really funny because I had a lot of friends just tell me beforehand, like, be careful. You don't know her. Like, maybe she has other um, other intentions. You know, maybe the situation isn't how you think it is. And it definitely did get to me. And I did have some thoughts, like, this could end very badly for myself. But um, it's just something, like, I felt like I had to do. And I felt like I built a base good enough with her where she could not lie about certain things because I would be able to know if she was lying. And um, we ended up, you know, I ended up taking that leap of faith. We ended up meeting. And like I said, it was a great time there. And, uh, you know, after being there for those three weeks, I definitely wanted to go back, but I had to finish up a few classes in the uh, September, September to December months. I had to do that, had to make money. So I stayed in the States for that time period. And then I thought, all right, you know, something I can take some online classes, uh, in January, and I could have the opportunity with what I have in my bank account saved up right now from work to be able to go there and to spend a few months there potentially and be able to see if this thing is really going to work out. So that's what we ended up doing. Uh, we went there and, you know, because of our religious beliefs and um, because, you know, of our families and stuff like that, we decided after uh, a few more months of me being there to, you know, get married and uh, go ahead with that. And um, a lot of people might think that was rushed, but I think like, you know, we they weren't there for all those calls. You know what I mean? They weren't there for all the, th- all the stuff we talked about um, and really being able to get to know ourselves uh, at that base. And I think that was very important for our relationship. And it's funny because that, you know, that moment discovering hello talk, uh, the precursor to that was wanting to learn, you know, Spanish and, or I should say the precursor to that was finding the video. The precursor to that was wanting to learn Spanish. And then, I see how everything over the past few years has really built like one thing on top of the the next. And like it went from a desire to learn Spanish, being able to get to a pretty fluent level, being able to meet somebody who is now my wife, my significant other, being able to find a job doing what I love doing, teaching Spanish. Like all of this happened in a very short amount of time, which is like just crazy to see where life takes you sometimes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> the fact of like being willing to kind of, take that chance. And like, obviously the fears were probably there. Like, obviously you said like people were kind of putting stuff into your head and like, you probably had your own possible fears. You're going to a foreign country where you don't know anyone and you're kind of going off of just like the calls that you've had with this person and you've never met them in person in real life. Like obviously any rational person is going to have a little bit of like fear of doing that. And I can imagine even on her end, like she's gonna have a little bit of fear that a stranger essentially like obviously not stranger, but like someone she's never met in like real everyday life is coming to meet her for the very first time in person. And on both sides, there's probably a little bit of that anxiety, like meeting, is this going to affect their relationship? Is this going to change the relationship? Is this going to end the relationship? Like it's not only the fear of meeting each other. Is it now it's also the fear of how is this going to either push the relationship forward or bring it back to kind of like reality of what it is. And I think that's like, like a lot of people probably just didn't understand that aspect too. It's like 
you're also taking a huge risk of like your emotions on top of this too. It's not just like a learning experience and like getting the excitement of meeting someone new. Like you're putting your everything out there. Like, like your the relationships we form, especially romantic can make or break us in this life. So to kind of like to risk and put your heart out there for someone is very honorable to, to do that and like pursue that and be like, no, like this is something that I want and I'm going to do this. And then I bet, those three weeks were probably magical and like probably felt amazing. And it kind of probably validated the decision to, to go out. I would, I would assume. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, like she had to take a bus. I think it was like five hours from where she lived to be able to get to the meeting spot, the airport and everything. And then we stayed there in uh, Cartagena for a few days in Colombia. And it's like, you know, it was, it was all like so wild. Like even her parents were like, you sure you guys are moving too quick. Like, you know, there was definitely a lot of, um, a lot of things I kind of raised during during that whole process, but I think like looking back on it, I mean, I still think it was the best decision I ever made, and it did. Even though there was definitely some trying moments, not just in our relationship, but just in general, just with uh, the whole logistics. Like she can't, you know, come here uh, on a travel visa right now because you know, it's like three years backlog. They're trying to go through other cases and trying to approve other uh, travel related uh visas right now so she couldn't come here the only way was for me to go there um and then you know not really knowing that much about the country and being able to just go there and to a completely different culture i mean it was definitely wild but um it was like definitely something i would never like take back for anything like the way things have worked out has been great i mean it's definitely very trying when excuse me when you have people um when you have a person that like you love and you really care about but you know, there's obstacles for you guys to be together in your everyday life. Like it is very hard. So, um, again, going back to that, like I just decided in January that I was going to go there, uh, December actually, that I was going to go there, um, for until, uh, at least, you know, March of 2022. Um, I did not actually book a return ticket originally. I ended up booking that when I was there, uh, because I thought about it and I was like, you know, I really do need to, now I have the, the relationship side of things kind of covered we know like we're going to be together. Everything's going good here, uh, but I need to have some kind of direction because in that moment, I still didn't know that I was going to be a Spanish teacher. I still didn't know where my head was at with pursuing a goal long-term, like what I really wanted to do. Um, so the thought of, you know, YouTube came to mind. I was like, Oh, I'm going to start off like speaking Spanish and it'll be cool because I'll have videos on there. Um, where I'm speaking Spanish and, you know, I'm just like this white kid from like Massachusetts and uh, I'm in Colombia and, you know, it'll catch on. And, you know, I mean, it's tough building something up from scratch. So it didn't catch on like as quickly as I wanted and everything. And um, I mean, I, I also needed a career. I needed some kind of money. So I ended up coming back to the United States to be able to, you know, make some money for a few months before going back out there again. So I came back to the United States. I worked at Chipotle again for two months, like literally every day working, saving up money, not spending like almost anything so I could go back there. Uh, I ended up going back in May of 2022. Yeah, uh, that sounds a lot more recent than what it really was. But uh, yeah, May of 2022, um, I stayed there for another like three, four months. I ended up coming back August, I believe, like mid-August, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then so at that point, I say all that just to say, like, I was still very confused with what I wanted to do long term in life. And it was a very trying time. I went through a lot of different things like uh, Amazon. I worked with um, a dispatch. So I was delivering packages with Amazon for a few weeks. But I still had two classes I had to finish going back to the education piece. And I really needed that to be able to maybe pursue a job online or to be able to 
I don't know, um, just a whole bunch of opportunities you need a, a degree for. So I was like, okay, I definitely have to prioritize these two classes. They want me to work 40 plus hours a week, which I would love doing if I didn't have these two classes, but I just, I can't guarantee I'm going to have the time to focus it on the classes and also be able to work 40 hours a week. So I kind of had to make that decision where getting my education and finalizing that was more important than working at Amazon, making decent money. But um, I had to do something a little bit where I was maybe going to have a pay cut, but do something where it would complement what I was doing outside of, uh, outside of work, which was school. So I ended up, um, I had a friend, actually a really good friend, uh, Jason, he, uh, convinced me to do substitute teaching. And at first I was kind of hesitant about that. Cause I'm like, man, being up against, uh, the whole classroom and it's me. And then, you know, kids that are not that much younger than me, like, you know, some of those kids are 18 years old, and I'm 24, like, that's only a six year gap. It's like, how are they even going to respect me? Are they going to listen to what I have to say? What if, you know, what if I get into a disagreement with one of them? What if this happens? I had all this paranoia about doing it. But I'm like, look, if he can do it, you know, maybe I could do it. And worse comes to worse, I'll go in there, I'll do it for a day. If I hate it, I'll just never come back again, you know. Uh, so that was my thought process going in there. And uh, I ended up loving it from the first day. I was like, wow, this is actually really cool being back in this environment and being on the other side of things like I really do enjoy it. And uh, again, that's how kind of how I got the idea where I want to I want to do this long term and I want to be a Spanish teacher. So, um, yeah, just pretty crazy how that whole thing happened. Yeah, it sounds like a crazy roller coaster over the last like few years to like mm -hmm. actually deciding to, to learn Spanish, to traveling mm -hmm. to Colombia, meeting your wife, coming back and like trying substitute teaching. Cause obviously that was probably terrifying. Like you were saying, like I can only imagine like the fear of like, that's not what you originally graduated with or were going to graduate with. It was obviously the initial push was to be a teacher, but obviously switching and then kind of managing all those emotions tied to everything is like you're in a long-term relationship. You're trying to save money. You want to go back and spend time with her, but you also have to figure out your whole life too. On top of that, like, how, like you want to be kind of like the leader, the man, you want to have the money. You want to support a family. You will probably want to have a family eventually I would imagine. And like you need what money. And it comes back yeah. to having the career and funding that and having that pursuit and desire to do that is impressive given all the circumstances that you were under during mm -hmm. those last few years to kind of lead up to where you are now, like going through all that to take that leap of faith. Like I would kind of like want to ask you like almost like for people who might be in a similar situation or a situation where even if it's just trying to figure out their career in that aspect or they want to go travel internationally, what would you kind of advise them or kind of like tell them, to kind of like help motivate them to go do something like that. Yeah, I think um, just try uh, try a lot of different things, honestly, because that's really what I did. I mean, I I tried it, you know, I tried um, other things before. I tried learning Spanish, uh, and it's just nothing really. Like I didn't really have interest for that stuff, you know. So I think being able to find something that you're like genuinely passionate about, and then being able to find something that's like a source of funding for your passion, I think is huge because like, it's one thing to be able to pursue your dreams. And I think like everybody should pursue their dreams, but at the same time, it's like, 
unfortunately in life it's not just all you know roses and unicorns and stuff like there there's this thing called money that you need for a lot of things if you want to travel you have to have money if you want to um i don't know if you want to if you want to eat you have to have money you know what i mean like there's all this stuff that you need money for so i think being able to find something where you can have um funding and kind of view that as a sacrifice like there's always going to be sacrifices you have to make to be able to you know really pursue what you want to do and i think right now like I I really do enjoy teaching and I see myself doing that for the foreseeable future, but maybe in the future, you know, maybe I'll want to do something else. Maybe I'll want to do YouTube full time. Maybe I'll want to travel full time, you know, but to be able to get to that, there's sacrifices that I have to make and there's sacrifices that, you know, every, everybody has to make to really do what they want to do in life. And I think it's different for everybody, you know, but I think uh, at the end of the day, explore, um, explore your own interests. And then from there, just see, um, just see what works, see what doesn't, and then try to find uh, something that's stable that you can at least do for a little bit to try to gain the money to for the funding of your passion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you hit on that point of kind of just like that, the realism of stuff. Like mm-hmm. everyone will, you'll see the clips on social media of just like motivational stuff. And like, I've definitely gone down that rabbit hole myself of like, I can do this, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to just do things. You just make shit happen. And it's like, Sometimes you have to be real with yourself. You need money to fund your passions. Like creating this podcast has been four years of just grinding at my job, but also grinding with the content Mm -hmm. year by year, adding something possibly new to the podcast, whether it's equipment, merch or whatever it is and trying to push it forward in whatever capacity that I can. And you also have to figure out how much time do you want to dedicate towards that? Like this passion does give me a lot of purpose and it makes me happy, but I also enjoy a lot of other things like hiking and spending time with my girlfriend and doing things outside of just work and podcasts. Like mm-hmm. you have to find your, what works for you in the balance of things. Like obviously there's a balance to everything. And I think for me, what it's been over the last several years is trying to figure out what works for me. Like you said, it's going to be different for everyone. And I think that's like an important thing to like to say, but I think it's also important on the other side is like doing what we're doing, explaining why we do what we do and how we do what we do, because there's always going to be that one person that might take a piece of this conversation and apply it to their own life. And I think that was always like the main driving force of the podcast was like, you can impact just one person just by saying or telling your, your story from your point of view. And that's always been the driving force is like, I don't know how many different people have probably listened to me have a conversation with someone just by starting a podcast like I never knew the possible reach that I could have with this like you just really never know who you could impact just by just by starting something and I kind of want to dive in a little bit with like the the comparisons between like the culture here versus the culture there and how you've had to like integrate yourself with not only like her family but like the culture of Colombia. yeah and that's a loaded question I think um yeah, it, it is very different. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat things and say, like, Colombia is a 100% like safe country. Like, there are, you know, some maybe precautions you have to take to, to be there. I think definitely speaking Spanish and being able to, like, have somebody by my side that, like, knows how to, you know, live in, in Colombia, I think that definitely is a huge advantage that I have. But I will say, like, it, it is it is safe in the in the sense where, like, 
I mean, if you walk outside and, and you just, you know, live your everyday life, probably nothing's going to happen. But, you know, there's always certain uh, precautions you have to take. But it depends, again, like in the spot. Like, for instance, uh, I know I'm kind of going away from your question a little bit. But I um, like, for instance, right, like in, in the United States, you know, there's there's some places that are extremely dangerous. That you probably wouldn't dare to enter some neighborhoods. And I mean, that's probably the same thing with Colombia. There's some neighborhoods that you probably shouldn't enter. There's some where uh, you're free to enter and nothing's going to happen. I think just like learning that and, and starting to just learn how, how things work there, because there's, there's some different aspects. Like, um, I mean, the money is very different. Uh, they make, so it's going to sound like a lot, but the, the currency exchange is about 4,000 Colombian pesos for $1. But the way that that works is like, it's not like you would think like, Oh, okay, I can go, you know, rent out three apartments with a dollar. No, it's not like that. It's like, there, um, for instance, like milk is maybe like 2000 pesos or something. So, uh, everything there like is for an American, at least from an American point of view. Yes, it is definitely cheaper than America. Just about everything. Um, I mean like apartments renting there is very, uh, very doable. Like you can find apartments as low as like $200 a month, like after utilities and all that stuff, like maybe 250. So, um, I mean, it, I, I did like that aspect of it. I think one thing for myself, and this isn't going to be something that like everybody will feel equally about, but um, I think like the weather there, I'm not like that big of a fan of it, which is kind of controversial to say because a lot of people would actually go there and be like, oh, the best part about Colombia is the weather. But for me, like I, I'm not a big like thunderstorm guy. I don't really like being outside during thunderstorms or around thunderstorms. You know, I think it's probably like some phobia I have for some reason from the time I was a little kid. So it's like there during the rainy season and dry season, like here we have four seasons. So, you, you know, you have um, snow, you have like sunshine, you have all that stuff here. But there it's like they have two seasons and it's the rainy season and the dry season. The dry season is very dry. Like the last time I went there was technically the dry season. I think it rained four times like while I was there, maybe two times like very heavy. I was there for a month and a half. I've been there for a 90 day period before where it only rained for literally three days. And then I've been there for a 90-day period where it probably rained about 75, 80 of those days. So it, it's, like, very much uh, accurate when they say that there's a dry season and a, and a rainy season. They have it named like that for a reason. But, um, yeah, I think, like, the weather, being able to get used to that was big. Um, you know, and, and also um, I would say, I mean, like, taxis over there, you know, being able to use a taxi and not my own car. I think that was kind of... I mean, it sounds kind of silly, I guess, but it's just like my car is like almost like my safe haven, you know, and I get used to it because I spend so much time in my car, like driving around or, you know, doing whatever. So um, not having a car, I think, was difficult. But in terms of like the overall culture of Colombia, the food was probably the greatest part for me. I mean, like you can get fruit there for super cheap, man. Like I'm talking, uh, you could buy like five apples. You can get all this exotic fruit. Like they have these things called granadillas, which is like the mixture of like, uh, it's like a passion fruit and like a... Uh, maybe like a kiwi or something um, that, you know, kiwis, so you can buy like five of those, maybe like 10 mangoes, uh, platanos, like plantains, um, bananas, whatever. You can buy all this stuff and it'll come out to like $7, $8. It's crazy, man. You go to the market, you buy like a bag of apples. It's already coming out like $10 or something. It's crazy here. So I think like the food was definitely one of my favorite parts there, but um, being able to just understand like, how to interact with people in public and like what's seen as uh you know formal informal situations and all that i think that was kind of like hard to get used to um and it's just a very different atmosphere like in in monteria so i lived in monteria for about six months and it's like very flat um 
you know, there's really no mountains or anything there, and it's very hot. Like, I'm talking 90s plus every day, like 95 to 100 every day, 95% humidity. It's brutal. Uh, but if you go to a place like Medellin, for instance, the weather is a lot more temperate. It's not so bad. It's like maybe 65 to 85 every day. It's This uh, nickname is actually the City of the Eternal Spring. So it kind of holds true to that. But there is a lot of rain, like I said, during dry season. Uh, but it's very mountainous. So it's closer to the equator, actually, than Monteria. But it's also 6,000 feet above sea level. So that has a lot of uh, a lot to do with their climate. Um, and then you go to, you know, another place like Bogota and it's, uh, about 8,500 feet above sea level. I think it's actually the third highest elevated city in the world. Um, and so because of that elevation, it's not that hot. It's like maybe 50 degrees there. Uh, maybe, maybe you'll hit 60, but, uh, it can actually, even though it doesn't happen very often outside of Bogota, um, in the mountains where they're even more mountainous and, um, bigger, you know, in, in general, like you could have, days where it actually does snow there even though it's rare so what i'm trying to say is like columbia it's easy to like group it in as one big thing but it's very diverse when you go from one part to another in the way that they think of you know somebody from bogota might think of somebody from monteria different than from uh what somebody from medellin would consider somebody from cartagena you know um it's very different like when you go from city to city so it's it's very diverse and being able to understand that like Colombia is not just one big thing, but it's a bunch of cities that are very big put together and a bunch of towns being able to understand the regions. Um, it definitely like, you know, if if somebody wants to go to Colombia uh, or they want to go to the beach, right, they might think, oh, I can go to Colombia and I'll just be able to go to the beach anywhere. And they go to Bogota. They're going to have a reality check because they're going to be 8,500 feet above sea level. And uh, it's going to be 50 degrees out and there's no water anywhere near besides some rivers that you probably shouldn't swim in. So, you know, it, it's very different, like depending on the parts you go to. I think it's really cool that you've been able to kind of like ingratiate yourself into like the different culture and learn about them and like be willing to, to learn about that. And like, it's putting yourself in uncomfortable situations because obviously you're a foreigner entering their, their homeland and trying to understand it and learn and be willing to accept differences and being willing to accept. I probably imagine stares every once in a while, or Mm. maybe there's even like some interactions that are probably less than pleasant sometimes, but like being willing to kind of just ingratiate yourself into the culture and like, over time being feeling more comfortable there moving, like you said, the way that they move, talk the way that they talk and like being more formal and respectful towards their culture. I think it's probably been super important to like your understanding of the way they do things and how they do things. And I think it's really cool that you put yourself in a position to, to travel and go somewhere completely different. Cause again, not a lot of people are willing to, to do that nowadays. So I think that's like, fucking super dope and we are getting towards like the back end of the conversation so i do want to kind of wrap things up and i kind of want to talk a little bit about like the future of like your content and the future of like where you kind of see like integrating the kind of like the teaching of spanish like how do you see those two working do you ever see those two integrating at some point like what's your vision for for these two things yeah i mean right now i guess like with my channel in general i'm kind of doing like a trial and error thing right now i'm trying to do i'm trying to really focus on what i enjoy doing but at the same time just trying a bunch of different things like i put out some like animal fun fact like shorts the other day um and they've been doing pretty well so like i want to grow my audience on youtube for sure uh but i'm kind of just in a trial and error thing right now but um i really want to travel and be able to 
really explore different cultures, different places. Like next summer, I want to go to Europe. Actually, I, w- I have this huge trip planned where I want to go to like five or six different countries and really explore. But again, like I said earlier, you need the money to do that. So uh, being a teacher, I'm put in a very fortunate position where I do have the summers off to be able to do that, which I do definitely enjoy big time. So to be able to you know work hard on on teaching and stuff like that during the school year and make sure I'm prioritizing that. Um, but then secondary, being able to see my YouTube channel grow, putting out Columbia videos. Uh, I'm, my goal is to put out a video every Wednesday about my experience in Columbia or, uh, you know, me in different cities where I'm, I'm not so much the focus of it, but it's kind of explaining, like maybe I'll pop up a few times and explain some histories or something about it. But, uh, like Medellin, I have a video out about Medellin and uh, a video out about Bogota up until this point, but I want to. Um, I have a lot of footage about, you know, Cartagena and I have a video already filmed that I got to edit about that. I have another video with Bogota, um, a video about Envigado, uh, a video about some of the parts of, uh, Colombia that are on the coast, the coastal region. So just, um, you know, putting out content with, with traveling is big to me. And I want to also explore more Massachusetts and the New England region and be able to see, you know, local tourism, because there's a lot of things to do around here, which I think get overlooked. Like you said, you're a big hiker, you like going on hikes around here. There's a lot of really nice uh, paths around here, you know, um, the uh, Berkshires aren't, aren't that far away, maybe like a three hour drive. But there's, um, there's a lot of stuff to do locally around here. So I definitely want to travel uh, around here, Europe and, and focus on putting that part out um, on my YouTube channel and be able to kind of show like where I've been and just kind of see what happens with it, take it one day at a time. And I think another big thing, going back to what you said about, like, um, what would you say to somebody else that's, like, exploring their goal? And I think, like, just being able, even if you're, like, not feeling it that day, being able to just say, I'm going to do 10 minutes of this in with my day, even if it's something that's not very significant or you might not think it's significant, you know, maybe you'll do those 10 minutes and that'll be that and that'll be your day. Or maybe you'll you'll uh, start it for 10 minutes and then you'll get into a groove and an hour and a half later you're like, wow, I just completed a big part of a project that I had to get done or something. So I think being able to just remember like every day, like we're not promised tomorrow and like really focus on what you can do today to be productive and and to put yourself forward in a better position for tomorrow. I think that's also pretty huge. So that's what I'm trying to do in my own life too right now. Just, you know, think about what I have to get done today in this coming week and try to just execute that the best that I can. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to probably wrap up the podcast. I'm not going to ask you the last question because that it'd be kind of a, a redundant answer to, unless you have something additional, you'd build off of that for the the passion question. I don't, I don't think asking you that question would do, uh, do much. I think it'd be probably similar advice for someone who wants to pursue their passion for right. you guys who listen to the podcast, you know, that's how I usually wrap up the podcast, but I think that would suffice to answer that basically mm-hmm. is kind of like, and it even goes back to what you said about, learning the language like you forced yourself to to watch shows in spanish and try to ingratiate yourself into the language into the culture a little bit and over time you learned and even what you said with like kind of your life the last few years everything builds on top of each other mm-hmm. like you won't it's very rare in this life i guess less it's more rare or less rare now with social media but it's still very rare to go zero to 100 like yep. Most of us are not going to be internet famous in two days unless you probably did something fucking stupid. Like <laughs> yeah, there's you, there's usually that's the half the reason is why people get oh. super famous. But just being willing to kind of accept the grind and kind of just document your own life. I think that's just like one of the coolest things that I do on this podcast is take screenshots of life with conversations with really dope people like yourself. Like, and I always say 
like we're in year four of this, but like give this another like five years. Cause I always said five to 10 years. So let's give this another five years and see how these, these conversations age. And we're able to look back when we're getting into our thirties and even into our forties, how these conversations sounded and look like today when we're doing them, like you never know. I think these are going to age really well. And that's why I always support it. And I would say the same with your content. Like the fact that you're able to document this stuff to post it. Yeah. You're also trying to educate as well and try to get viewers and subscribers and stuff like that. But being able to eventually, if you want to have a family show your kids or your nieces and nephews and stuff like that, like cousins and stuff like that, like you were doing these things. Like you did these really cool things. Like you were able to travel document and impact people's lives by also teaching. So I think that'll be beneficial for yourself as well. I always say that for anyone in content, but Again, this has been a fantastic conversation. I want to give you the floor to say anything that you haven't said or if there's anything that you just missed that you want to mention, uh, I'll let you kind of take the floor if you have anything. And a lot of pressure. <laughs> I feel you don't like, have to say anything. If, yeah, there's, if I, there's something, I just want to give you the floor. No, I feel like I got it all out of the way. You know, um, definitely just continuing to just pursue pursue my passion, pursue the things that I love doing, and uh, yeah, try and learn something new every day. I think that's really what you know, what my channel is about. I want to inform people about, you know, some misconceptions that might exist in Colombia, some things that might be true. Um, just show the history and, and be able to really just appreciate kind of like where you're, where you're at at all times. Cause like I said, I mean, I think a lot of people in new England where we live, um, I think they always think like they got to go somewhere else to kind of escape or go on vacation or something. And I mean, there's a lot of great things in our own backyard that we can do uh, every day. So I think there's, uh, there's always the potential to do something regardless of the circumstances. So just to, you know, live and, and enjoy and really try to just make the most out of every moment. Perfect. No, I think this has been a fantastic podcast. I appreciate you coming on the platform and give me, giving me some of your time and just talking about your story. So appreciate thank you. Here. Thank you. For you guys that are watching the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your grandma. Check out the carolconnection.simplecast.com. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. If you'd like to watch your podcast, go on YouTube, search The Carol Connection, or at Jared M. Carroll should pop up for you. And if you want to be a guest or return as a guest, Hit me up on Instagram at Jared M. Carroll or at The Carroll Connection. Till next time, guys. Peace. Peace.